It has been brought to my attention that many of you do not know what to expect in therapy. What are the things my therapist should be doing, should be teaching me, should be talking to me about, all of it. Welcome to the Anxious Therapist Podcast. My name is Jacqueline and I am your host. I am a licensed mental health therapist, online anxiety coach, and I have anxiety and depression. I am here to bring you raw, real, relatable content to remind you we are never alone. And today's episode is no different. I'm going to therapy or I'm in therapy and I don't know what to expect. Let me clear some things up for you. Are you ready? Let's do this. You may or may not know this if you don't follow me really closely on Instagram because it was pretty much a one-shot opportunity and it filled up so fast. So for the month of December, I am facilitating this. We're in like the pilot program, right? Like we're just trying it out, seeing how it goes. But I'm facilitating this program called Mental Health Bestie. And we use an app where we can send each other voice messages, text messages, pictures, the works. Um, And we're in this group for the entire month of December, just supporting each other day in, day out, checking in every day, you know, wishing each other happy birthday, talking about times we feel anxious or on those mornings when we just can't quite get out of bed. We reach out to the group and we say, you know, I'm looking for this and then we receive nothing but amazing support and validation. So that's my brand new program, Mental Health Bestie. We'll see. I'm hoping to bring it back in uh, the new year, but you never know with these kinds of programs. It may be a lot of work for me or it might not be exactly what people are looking for. So just keep an eye out for that. Anyway, Mental Health Bestie is going really well so far and the women are connecting with each other in the group chat and it's nothing but support and validation. So I'm loving it, like literally living for their ability to validate and just normalize one another's feelings. And so something came up uh, yesterday that we were talking about and, you know, we're talking about therapy and various experiences that each of them has had with different therapists and, you know, questions that they have, right? About is this normal for this kind of thing to happen in therapy and so on and so forth. So I'm just one tiny person on this planet and I happen to be a therapist. Now, when you go through grad school and then more so in your first placement, okay, whatever that might be um, as a job, you know, whatever your start of your career is, everyone gets placed in a different setting and they work closely with a supervisor for at least the first two years until they are officially licensed. And then after that, you know, you can choose to go to supervision still, which I do because I think it's important to continue to connect with other therapists on a regular basis, but regardless, okay? And, oh, caveat, I am speaking for um, expectations for a licensed professional clinical counselor in the state of Minnesota. So it does vary state to state. Um, It would actually be really difficult for me to get licensed in another state if we ever decided to move and I wanted to continue my practice. Anyway, beside the point, just wanted to make sure that start this episode episode out by saying you're going to 
have slightly different expectations in different states. That's normal. Okay. So anyway, when you get to your therapist, they are going to have their own specialties. They're going to have their own techniques. They're going to have their own way of doing things. So this shouldn't be a cookie cutter experience, right? It's not, you know, oh, this, you have this problem. So we use this technique and these are the results you can expect. It's not a mathematical equation. Every therapist is going to have their own approach to doing things. I once worked with, um, someone who said, oh, so you do trauma. And I was like, yep, that's, you know, my specialty. That's what I'm trained in. That's what my supervisor does. You know, I've learned everything from him and, you know, whatever. And and he said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I get trauma clients and you know what? I just, when they share their trauma with me, I, I just tell them, well, what's one thing? What's one good thing that came from it or one lesson you learned from your trauma? And putting that positive spin on it, it, it they love it. And I was like, uh, oh, okay, good, good, good. Glad that's working for you and your clients because that's the polar opposite of what I do with my clients. But right, so you're going to see differences. And the biggest thing in therapy is actually that human to human connection. Okay, so when you go and you're working with your therapist, I want you to feel like this is the person that is going to hold safe space for me no matter what, unconditionally, and they're going to be consistent. They're going to be empathetic with me, right? They're going to be understanding and validating. They're going to be there for me, okay? Number one, that has to be there. The therapeutic relationship is everything, okay? So you have this relationship. Now, Again, everyone does things slightly differently, but it was so interesting to me because one of my clients in Mental Health Bestie, so one of my coaching clients, as we were talking in our group about um, her treatment plan, and she's like, I've never seen that. I don't know what that is in her therapy sessions. And I was like, well, you know, okay. And I'm sitting here reading her messages coming through, and she's like, I don't even know what my diagnoses are. Like, I know I have depression and anxiety, but like, formally, I've never even seen my diagnosis or whatever. And I was floored. I'm, I'm flabbergasted. How long have you been working with this person? And you know, all the women are chiming in and they're like, I've been with my current therapist for a year and I don't, I've never even seen a treatment plan or I've been with my therapist for six months and I don't even know what my diagnoses are. And I was just like, okay, okay. All right. And I told them, I'm like, ladies, this is why I'm going into coaching. This is why I've built a successful business around mental health coaching because therapy standards just like aren't cutting it anymore, if I'm being honest. Okay. In a like, anybody can go to grad school and become a licensed therapist book wise, right? No one watches us after grad school in our sessions to make sure that we're actually effective therapists. And I don't say that to scare you, but that's the reality of the system. It's kind of fucked. Okay, so first things first, we're looking for a good therapeutic relationship. Second, you need to know what your diagnoses are 
And your therapist should have had that conversation with you when they completed your diagnostic assessment. So the first couple of sessions that you went in to see them and they asked you everything from symptoms you're experiencing to physical health concerns that run in your family to any brain injuries you've ever had to where you live, right? They asked you a million and one questions and it was probably over the course of the first couple of sessions that you saw them. After that, in your third or fourth session, there should have been a conversation that said, here's what I came up with. To me, it looks like, or you're meeting criteria for blank. Okay. That education piece, it's called psychoeducation. It's me looking at my clients and saying, so based on what you told me and how frequently you're experiencing all of those things, you're currently meeting criteria for anxiety or depression or ADHD, or it sounds like you have some trauma in your past that I'd like to do a further assessment on. And then we go in to that. And the whole time we're having this conversation going, okay, so based on the fact that, you know, you're experiencing panic attacks and you're irritable and you're having difficulty sleeping and you get really sweaty and nauseous and blah, blah, blah. And I reiterate to them the symptoms that they just told me about in our previous two sessions, and say, based on that, you're currently meeting criteria for generalized anxiety disorder. What do you know about anxiety? Does that sound right? Have you ever had a therapist diagnose that in the past? Have you ever been to the doctor about it? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm asking all of these questions. And then I say, what feelings are coming up for you right now that I just confirmed that you have this thing that you originally came to me for, right? Because in the first session, they're usually like, I don't know, I think I might be anxious and I'm, you know, sick all the time and I'm worried and, I'm, you know, all this stuff. So then I say, you know, how do you feel now that I just said that to you? And they're like, ah, I knew it most of the time. They're like, yeah, I kind of feel like I've, you know, unformally diagnosed myself a long time ago or whatever. Yeah, totally. And sometimes they're like, honestly, I'm a little freaked out. And we talk through that right? But your therapist needs to be having that conversation with you, okay? Every time I do a trauma assessment with one of my clients, we talk through what's going to happen. What's it going to look like? Here's what the questions are going to sound like. You're going to say yes or no. We're going to talk about how often those are happening. And then afterwards, we're going to go over your results together, okay? Your therapist needs to provide you with psychoeducation, what's going on with you that this is happening to your mental health. Because then I tell them, you know, you did share with me that a lot of the women in your family also suffer from anxiety and depression. Or you shared with me that you have a significant history of, you know, neglect and abuse. And so to me, in my therapist brain, it's making sense that you're having some of these struggles. Or the conversation looks like, you know what, sometimes we just have a chemical imbalance in our brain and we don't seem to know exactly why this is happening. But as a trauma therapist, I want to make sure that if there is a root issue happening, you know, something that happened to you once in your life that's still bothering you or causing you pain or turmoil, that we're going to get to the root of it. Okay, these are the conversations that absolutely have to happen. And now what the conversation in mental health bestie went to was like, I feel like it's too late for me to ask about a treatment plan or what my diagnoses are. And so to that, you know, I'm encouraging you to advocate for yourself, to simply say something like, hey, you know, 
I, I realized we never really went over a formal treatment plan, but that would be helpful for me if I could really see my goals and what we're working on. Because not only do I want you to see those goals, you should 100% be involved in creating your treatment plan goals in therapy. My goals for you versus what you came here to do might look totally different. So yes, in most cases, is your treatment plan just an insurance formality, right? Something that we need to insur- uh, submit to your insurance company so that you can get funding to continue seeing us? Yeah. To be honest, yes, that is what it is. But there are a lot of people out there who really want to see their progress written out that way. I review my treatment plans with my clients every three months. Every three months I'm saying, you know, when we were in person, obviously we would do it in session, but now that we're over virtually, I have to fax it to them or or, uh, kiosk it to their email or whatever. And I say at the end of our session, hey, I was looking over your treatment plan. I updated some of your goals. Here's where I'm seeing progress. Here's where I'm still seeing us to work on things. And then I send it to them for them to sign it. Now, do I realize that 90% of my clients don't even look at it and they just scroll to the bottom and sign it? Yes, of course. But for the 10% that actually want to see it and be like, oh yeah, here's what we're working on. Ah, right. I still need to work on grounding skills or I still need to work on, you know, my irritability and we're going to do that this, 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 and this way. Right. And guess what else? Right on their treatment plan, are there mental health diagnoses? So it's going to say, you know, here are the goals for trauma. Here are the goals for anxiety. Here are the goals for depression. And here are the goals just related to the fact that your day-to-day life is being impacted by your mental health. I have broken it down into all of those different categories right on their treatment plan, something that they are seeing with their own eyes at least every three months. Some of y'all been to therapy for over a year and have never signed one of these documents. First of all, I don't even know how that's possible because to my understanding, it's a requirement, okay? So legally, I'm not sure how they're getting away with you not signing a freaking treatment plan, but whatever, that's a topic for a different day. Maybe your state has different guidelines. All of my clients, whether you are an adolescent or an adult, they are signing their own treatment plan and they know what the heck is on there and what they're working towards. They know when they've made progress. They know when it gets completed. They know when a new one is added, right? This is like the bare minimum of expectations in therapy, you guys. But I'm realizing that this is more of a norm than I thought, where you're just going and kind of checking in, catching up with your therapist every week, feeling like you're not really making any progress because you don't even know what the heck you're there to work on. How frustrating. So first of all, I just want to validate. And second, I want to say that's not every therapist. Trust me, I just fired a therapist. I know how hard it is to pour your soul out to somebody and then go, fuck, this isn't a good fit. Or, ugh, actually, you're not meeting my needs and I need to make a switch. It's so frustrating. But I need you guys to know that you deserve a quality therapist who is attentive, who educates you, who lets you know, hey, I think your anxiety is actually a result of blank. What do you think? What's your theory, right? We're supposed to be looking at your life and dissecting it and analyzing it and giving you another perspective based on the years of education and experience that we have. But again, I'm a trauma therapist. I want to dig in. 
And I know a lot of therapists who are like, I could, who, other therapists who have said, I can't do what you do because I couldn't dig in like that with my clients. They teach coping skills and they just talk about the day to day, week by week. I call my clients out when all they want to talk about is what happened during the week. I'm like, uh uh-uh, no. You came to me knowing I was a trauma therapist. And in the very beginning, we had a long, extensive conversation about what this process was going to look like. I told you I was not going to let you chase cows, crisis of the week. I was going to call you out, hold you accountable to processing the root of the issue. Okay? Do I still do weekly check-ins with my clients where, you know, they're like, oh, I'm not sleeping well, or I think my meds are off, and we problem solve and we talk through those things? Of course. Of course. Things come up stuff happens. We have loss. We have a pandemic. We have a presidential election. You know, there's other things going on that they want to talk about and that's fine. But my clients know that they have to advocate for that. Okay. So I'll ask the question. It seems like we had a lot going on this week. Do you want to talk about that? Or do you want to spend our time together continuing where we were at in your trauma work? And then I empower them to make the choice. The client needs to be in the driver's seat. So for those of you who are struggling to be assertive, I'm going to need you to work on it. I'm going to need you to get comfortable going, you know, I'd like to try something different in our sessions. Or I need more guidance in our sessions because week to week, I'm not really sure what to talk about. Or I really need you to challenge me and call me out because I think I've been avoiding. We're not mind readers. Your therapist might think you're perfectly content with the relationship and how things are going. Okay, I need you to explicitly state your needs in therapy. You know more about you than that therapist ever will. I don't care what anybody says. This is all easier said than done, obviously, right? But you can throw me under the bus, be like, hey, doc, I was listening to a podcast and it made me realize I don't actually know what my diagnoses are. Could we talk about them today? Or... You know, she said I should have a treatment plan, but we've never talked about one. Have we? You know, bring it up. Bring it up in your next session. I'm going to really challenge you. Or if you're not comfortable saying it in your session, send them an email ahead of time going, hey, I've been having some questions about my diagnosis. Do you think we could talk about it on Tuesday when we meet? Or do you think we could, you know, go over my treatment plan again? I just want to make sure that I'm working on all the things that I need to be working on to achieve my goals. Send them an email, call their intake person and ask them to make a note for the therapist. Like you have so many options, but please just don't sit in the suck. This relationship matters. It's one of the most important ones you'll probably ever have in your life, whether it's a three month relationship or a two year relationship. It's time when you're pulling the mask down, you're being vulnerable, you're sharing the deepest intricacies of your life. That's giving that other person a lot of sway in your world, right? It matters. That relationship matters. So in hearing this, I hope you're going, gosh, my therapists kick ass. They're checking all of those boxes. I really hope so. But if not, I'm holding you accountable to advocating for some changes. Everyone deserves a safe therapeutic space. Make sure that you're getting your needs met. Ask questions. Assert yourself. You are the boss in that room. 110%. 
I hope that this was helpful. And if it was, it goes a long way if you take a second to share it with a friend who you think could benefit from this information as well. You guys are rock stars. I'm so proud of you for sticking up for yourselves and asserting your needs because you're worth it. I can't wait to see you in the next episode. Thank you.